it is good to be together here in the West Auditorium, the East Auditorium, as well as with you all online and in your homes. Uh, if you're newer with us, my name is Brian, one of the pastors here, and look forward to bringing you God's Word, which will come from James chapter 4. So if you want to turn in a Bible there or some device that's smart enough to have a Bible on it, uh, that's what we'll be looking at as we start a brand new series, a brand new message series today entitled, Recalculating, When Plans Change where I think we all could agree that when it comes to 2020, every single one of us can apply the title of that message to the life that we've been leading over the last number of months. Uh, in fact, I saw this, um, I guess you, a meme, if you will, this image that represented, that uh, it said, if 2020 was a pinata. I thought that was funny, not funny in some ways. And so, uh, yeah, we get it. The uh, only thing that we can be certain of in this life, it would seem, is that uncertainty is a part of it. And so the question is, what do we do when the plans that we thought, we all thought we had, uh, we all realize we need to recalculate, we need to change. Um, and in fairness, I think we can recognize that that's not new. You know, this idea that we need to change or make plans differently than we had. I mean, this isn't new to 2020. We had to face it to some measure in 2019 or 2018, 2017. That's, that is part of Life, And that's just not something that we observe, but we also see something that God speaks to in his word. And thankfully, we've got some help from God's word here today, specifically in James 4, when it comes to, you could say, planning, replanning, or recalculating all according to God's plans. Okay, so that's what we're going to look at. And I invite you to follow with me in James chapter 4, starting in verse 13 says to us, now listen, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to this city or that, spend a year there, carry on business, make money, why, you do not even know what will happen today. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or do that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes, and all such boasting is evil. Okay. Well, when it comes to those of us, how we might engage with this uh, passage about how we make plans, I think there's two types of planners in the room. There's those who are indeed planners, those who make plans, as well as those who you might say your plans are more spontaneous, uh, more all, you know, fly off the seat of my pants type thing. And so just to kind of get a sense of the room, and I invite you to participate online as well, uh, you know, just in the chat there. Uh, how many in the room would you say uh, are planners? Okay, by a show of hands, we've got some planners in the room. Very good. Okay, you're thinking, yes, I get to do something. I get to maybe put it on a list. You can check it off a list that you, you know, had to put your hand up in church and you feel good about about that because that's how plans work. Okay, how about the more, uh, my spontaneous friends in the room? How many of my spontaneous, yes, yeah. <laughs> it's usually met with a clap or, an, or a cheer. You guys are so proud of your spontaneity. And so, um, yes, and you know, you, you raise your hand. It wasn't part of the plan, but it doesn't matter. You had nothing better going on. So, hey, why not? We'll raise our hand for the spontaneous. Okay, so we're going to deal with both, or I should say God's word's going to deal with both of us regardless of where we fall in that category. But we'll start with the planners today. We'll start with the planners. And I want you to re-listen to this passage uh, as addressed to you who like to plan ahead. 
Listen to it addressed to you. James says, now listen, planners, who say, hey, today or tomorrow, we are, we will, we will plan to go uh, to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why? Warning, you do not even know, planners, what will happen tomorrow. And really, what is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. And so the question is, as we read that, we think about planning, you know, would we say that it's bad to make plans? Like, is it bad to plan for today? Is it bad to plan for tomorrow, even the next year? Is, is Scripture saying that it's bad to be a planner? Well, no. In fact, in fairness, Scripture actually speaks to the wisdom of good planning. One of my favorites, Proverbs 3.21, says it this way. It says, my child, do not lose sight of good planning and insight. Hang on to them, for they will fill you with life and bring honor and respect. They keep you safe on your way and keep your feet from stumbling. And so, if good planning is not bad, or it's not a sin per se, then what is the problem? What is James getting at with this idea of warning us when it comes to making our plans? Well, the problem, according to James, is not planning. The problem is not the plan. The problem, James says, is presumption. The problem is not planning. The problem is this, actually theologians call it the sin of presumption. One, the, or one uh, pastor put it this way when he was talking about James chapter 4. He said, the sin of presumption is the error of acting in a headstrong confidence uh, without the Lord's authority or permission, supposing that God is somehow obligated to support you in your chosen venture. Or as you could say, Pastor James says it himself in verse 16. He says, as it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. You really, you boast in your presumption. You boast in your plan. You boast maybe in the outcome that you're anticipating or expecting in your plan. And all such boasting, James warns, is evil. And so... What is James getting at then? If, you know, if it's you know, not bad to be a planner, per se, and you know, he's giving us all kind of what not to do to presume the outcomes, what then is James telling us planners to do? Like, okay, I understand what not to do. We don't want to presume that God's got to bless our will rather than his. So what is he telling us to do? Well, the point is this. As a planner, here's what we are to do. Verse 15, self-proclaimed planner as well. It says, verse 15, instead of presume, Instead, you ought to say, if, if, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or do that. And so we see James is saying, plans are not the problem. Plans are not the problem. It's, you could say, God-less plans that are the problem. Not godless in the sense of like they're inherently evil, but godless as in the absence of God, that you make plans without God involved. Plans that don't seek God's will, but ultimately are your will that you're asking him to, um, to adhere to maybe. And so what we want to do is make sure that in the end, 
we are not seeking our own will, but we are seeking God's will, that we want to go where God guides and follow him accordingly. Now, time out for some of us here, because you might feel like you're in a spot where, you know, I think I might be somewhere where it was not God's will that I be there. That you, you would recognize maybe you are for lack of a better term, guilty of the sin of presumption, that you made plans, that you got, maybe you feel like you got ahead of God, that uh, you erred and that, you know, I thought today or tomorrow I was gonna do this or that. I was gonna carry on business and make money. You know, maybe you feel like you made a, a, a bad move or a bad business decision and you look at your life and where you're at, you might say, oh man, I am here today and I don't know what today is going to hold or tomorrow or let alone the year ahead. I feel like I've made the mistake of getting ahead of God with the sin of presumption. Listen, we can be encouraged, we can be, uh, I think, affirmed in one of the greatest truths of God's faithfulness in his word. I think we've all heard, for example, the reality that, hey, where God guides, he provides. Have you heard that, that saying? Like, if he's going to call you to something, he's going to provide what you need there. But I think some of us might be asking, okay, what if I'm in a spot where God didn't guide? What if I'm somewhere I feel like he didn't lead me? Well, be encouraged that the faithfulness of who our God is, that yes, of course, where God guides, he provides, but also know the reality that who our God is, is that as we seek him, that even if we find ourselves in a place where God did not guide, he still provides. Yes, where God guides, he provides, but even where God did not guide, even in the midst of that, he still provides. He still, as we know in Romans 8, 28, uh, God, we know that in all things, works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And so wherever you find yourself at, whether you feel like God guided you there or not, know that God still provides. So planners, wherever you're at, make sure, yes, still make your plans, but do so always with verse 15 at the front of it. Lord, what is your will? And then from there, we trust that the Lord will provide. Okay? Okay, so we've dealt with our planners in the room. Now for my spontaneous friends. Uh, I'm thinking that if you're spontaneous, I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn you into a now. We're gonna call you my spontaneousers, okay? So for the spontaneousers in the room, uh, I think you kind of like this passage. I think this is kind of your passage. This is the one maybe you're putting an arm around James. You're saying almost at the planners, like, yeah, planners. You know, you, you, if you could speak in italics, at planners, you might be saying right there with James, yeah, listen, you planners, you who say today or tomorrow you're going to do this or that, hey, you are a mist. You appear for a little while and then you vanish. Then you stick your tongue out. And the reason you do that is for all the years that those planners gave you such a hard time for not being a better planner. You said, nah, this is my, you know, this is like finally a life verse I can live by. You know, this is, this is good. You know, I don't need a schedule. I don't need a plan. I don't need a budget. You know, let me drink coffee out of a mug with this verse on it for all of us who are more spontaneous. Okay, well, careful. Careful uh, if that's maybe how you're, you're feeling that way as a spontaneous -er among us uh, because this passage applies to you as well. It really says to you also, James 15, or excuse me, 4.15 again, says, you ought to say, whether you are a planner or a spontaneous -er, if it is the Lord's will, we will. You catch that? If, if it is the Lord's will, we will, meaning we will do something in the future. We are making a plan and we are following those plans, but the plans in this case happen to be 
the will of God. And so, again, we're all planning, we're all making plans at some level, but we're all asking the question, is it the Lord's will? And so, for all of us, whether you're a planner or a spontaneouser, uh, we both and we all need to seek the Lord's plans and live out those plans accordingly. And so the question is, how do we do that? What does this practically look like? How do we, you could say, move this idea of seeking the Lord's will, of saying, okay, we ought to do this, we ought to do that based on the Lord's will. How do we move that? What I would say is a temptation when it comes to this phrase. Um, How do we move it, you could say, from a cliche? You know what a cliche is, right? A cliche is one of those like throwaway statements. It's one of those things that is said, but maybe not really meant. It's spoken, but we're not necessarily serious about it. Um, like, and I think the Lord's will can be one of those throwaway statements. Well, if it's the Lord's will, you know, Lord willing, um, it's like, hey, could you pass me the butter? Well, if it's the Lord's will, if it's the Lord's will, it's the Lord's will that I beam you in the head with my dinner roll. Like, give, give me the butter. It's like, you know, these, these statements can be thrown away. They become cliche. And I think we can all agree that the last thing we need is another Christian cliche. And so what we don't need is a cliche. What we need is to move from a cliche of if it's the Lord's will to commitment and conviction. We're really in that reverse order. We need to start with conviction, which then leads to commitment. We need to move from cliche to conviction and commitment. And really, when you break down verse 15, that's what you see God's word calling us to do. Not a cliche, but specifically saying, if it is the Lord's will, that's the conviction, that we're convicted by what the Lord wants for us. And then from there, we move into obedience. We obey, we follow, we commit to the Lord's will by saying, okay, we will go and live and do this or do that. If it's the Lord's will, convicted, we will go and do this or that commitment, okay? And so, As we consider how to step into that, I want to encourage you in three resources God's Word encourages us to go to when it comes to actually functionally being convicted and committed to God's will. Okay, so these are three places that God's Word tells us we can go to to actually get the will of God, because that's what we would all agree if we're following God, we want to get the will of God. Okay, so the first place that we want to seek the will of God is actually in the word of God. The first place that we want to seek the will of God is in God's word because God's will will always be in line with God's word. It'll always be in line with scripture. They will never be in conflict. For example, it will never be God's will for you to pursue another relationship while married. That will still always be adultery. That will not be God's will as according to God's word. Or kids uh, in the East Auditorium or maybe kids at home, you know. uh, It will never be God's will for you to steal a candy bar in order to satisfy your taste buds. That will always be stealing. That will never be God's will. We will always be, our will will always align up with God's will in God's word. In fact, Galatians chapter 5 really warns us specifically. He says, you, it it just kind of calls us, like, you know what's obvious according to God's word. And it warns not to live in uh, the obvious sin or to avoid God's obvious will for your life. Because as we think about it, it's really, it's very unrealistic, you could say, to expect to discover what we might call the less obvious word, or excuse me, the less obvious will of God, if we're not willing to follow the more obvious will of God in his word. 
Does that make sense? That this idea that somehow we're going to just show up on God's doorstep and say, hey, I really need to discover this less obvious will for my life. Like, am I supposed to marry that person? Am I supposed to take that job? Am I supposed to make that move? That I'm going to get God's insight on the maybe less obvious will of God if I am not willing to adhere to what you might say, the obvious will of God as laid out in his word. Okay? So God's word will always be leading us into God's will in all areas of our life. So number one, we want to seek God's word to discover God's will. From there, secondly, God's word actually tells us that we want to seek wise counsel in seeking God's will. Uh, There are literally hundreds of Bible stories and passages and verses that, that speak to this, but here's one that cuts straight to the chase. The wisdom of Proverbs says it this way. It says, Listen to advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom in the future, in our plans. Verse 21, many are the plans in the mind of a man. Many are our plans, our schemes, uh, really our sin of presumption, if you will. But it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand, the will of God that will stand. So let's get ourselves in line with him by seeking Godly counsel from wise Christian brothers and sisters. In fact, straight up, that's pretty much why we understand the church exists. Uh, Beyond giving worship to God, the reason we do that together, that's our mission, is that we are devoting, uh, becoming devoted followers of Jesus together uh, by growing together and serving together with this understanding that we almost have uh, as a resource and really on retainer the kind of relationships we want in our life to speak into our life to seek the will of God uh, for what he has for us. And so I would say if this is the extent of your involvement in the church, uh, whether it's here sitting shoulder to shoulder in one of our rooms in the building or sitting at home in your living room, to take the step into actually being the church in one another's lives by getting involved in a grow together group or a serve together ministry where you've got those wise counsel relationships being built into your life uh, through those means. Okay, and you can contact Pastor Jonathan to do that. Okay? And then from there, seeking God's word, seeking wise counsel. Third, we can go straight to the source by seeking God's will in prayer. We can literally take the 15th verse of James chapter 4 and just go straight to God, Lord, and say, if it is your will, may we live and do this or do that. And so when we do these three things, when we seek God's word, seek wise counsel, and seek God directly in prayer, we grow. It's almost by getting those reps and we grow in our understanding of what it means to, you could say, grow in conviction of what is God's spirit actually telling me as well as step into commitment of doing what God's will actually is for our lives. God's word, wise counsel, and straight to God in prayer. We discover his will, and I would encourage you that the way in which we want to do this, there's kind of two kind of guiding principles as we think about stepping into God's will through those three sources, and that is to do that, we could say, early and often. That you want to seek God's will early in the process and often throughout the process. Uh, We want to seek God's will early, uh, you might say, as your first request on a venture rather than what might become our last resort. 
You understand the difference? Um, I know that that's something I can be guilty of, that I can be guilty of, you know, coming up with all these plans and schemes and today and tomorrow and this is how it's going to be. In fact, I remember a conversation with a good friend who just kind of knowing my personality said, uh, you know, how many significant decisions in your life, and he was talking about himself too, how many significant decisions in our life have we made without consulting the will of God? And I got to admit, that was like one of those questions that like both struck me and stuck with me. You know, how many decisions, how many important decisions do we make in our life and never even consult God's will on the matter? And so how foolish of me and how much I just had to have to regularly repent and confess like, yeah, I'm, I'm planning my own schemes, my own boasting about what I'm going to do today or tomorrow or this year and have to go back and kind of recircle and say, okay, God, if it is your will, we will do this or that and aim more often than not to make it my first request rather than my last resort to discover if it is the Lord's will, and then we will do this or that. And so seek the Lord's will in his word and wise counsel and in prayer early in the process, and then from there, do that again and again and again often. Because essentially that's our whole understanding of this series, right? That when plans change because it could be God's will that things are going to be recalculated. Uh, I think we may all have plans for 2020 that we felt pretty confident that maybe even God early on was setting us on but have changed for every single one of us. And so when we make plans, we learn that it is a step-by-step faith journey. There are plans that we hold loosely with open hands. We're, we're writing in pencil, not in pen. And we understand that it might be God's will to recalculate the plans that we have uh, even in the midst of following his will. An example of how this plays out, Acts chapter 16. We're going to look at this passage in more depth in a few weeks. But the Apostle Paul, he was on his second missionary journey, kind of spreading and starting the church around the world. And on that journey, which God very early called him to do in a vision like, hey, you're going to go be my man to tell the world, the known world about me. He's on a second missionary journey that was very clear from God. But along the way, he's going to Asia, and it says that the Spirit of God prevented him from moving forward. He was unable to go to Asia, and then the Spirit of God prevented him from going to Bithynia, which you might think kind of a frustrating experience. But then from there, God directed him uh, in a vision to go to Macedonia. And then what happens from there is he then continues his journey, uh, I guess that would be east, and he goes through uh, the towns of Philippi, Thessalonica, starts churches there, and now within our New Testament, we have the book of Philippians and First and Second Thessalonians because... Paul didn't just seek the will of God early, but was willing to circle back with God often in those plans, recognizing even God's approach to intentionally recalculating along the way. And so, we want to seek the will of God early, and we want to seek the will of God often to make sure that we are always staying in line, staying in tune with God's will for our lives. And I think it's here where you kind of, we come back to our planners and our spontaneous series that we can, we can really learn from one another a little bit. That planners, with all our plans and all the things we have set in a way and all our checklists and calendars and everything like that, we can recognize the power of, you could say, the spontaneity of the Holy Spirit to recalculate our plans as we circle back with God often. And then for my spontaneous friends, also, you can recognize the power of God's plans 
early for you in the process to seek all that he has for you, that you could say all together, we can live happily ever after, really united as the church, spontaneous, planners alike, that we can seek together if, if it is the Lord's will, then together we will live and we will do this or do that. And so to that, uh, not to that end, but really that journey, uh, let me pray for us all in that regard. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're thankful that when it comes to what might seem at first glance this elusive will of you for our lives, that you have given us the resources to make sure and to uh, be confident moving forward in your will. That is, you've given us your word clearly laid out for the kinds of things that you have for us to live in uh, as we seek the wise counsel of Christian brothers and sisters within your church that you've provided. And then ultimately the power of your Holy Spirit that is alive and at work within us that we can uh, trust the leading and grow in the trust of your leading as we seek your will early and often in our plans that we might, as your church, individuals and one together, be convicted, but not let it uh, really end with a period on that, but with a comma, that we would be convicted, and then from there, Lord, commit, obey to the will of you, the Father, through the power of the Holy Spirit made possible by the sacrifice and the giving of your Son, Jesus, that makes that relationship with you and your will possible. We thank you for it all in the name of Jesus. Amen.